Welcome back to Pops and Pop Culture. I'm Maya. And I'm Luke, and we're here to discuss all things pop culture and dissect the wildest show on TV. Um, so this episode might be a mess. I'm yeah. very disorganized, and I have a lot of thoughts, but <laughs> not a lot of words in my notes. <laughs> um, we are here to have a musical-themed episode. Not like musical theater, but musical as in music. Um, If you're not aware, Fiona Apple released her fifth studio album on Friday. Um, And there's a lot to talk about. Um, It's her first album in eight years. So pretty big deal in the musical world. Um, And before we talk about that, though, I think we wanted to talk a little bit about our personal musical taste so you want to explain what we're gonna do first yes so we're gonna go look at our apple music replay i guess playlist playlist? is it a playlist yeah or it's just a list of our most listened to songs so far this year yeah and we're just we're just gonna do top five yeah so not a super long segment but just to give people a this taste of what we've been listening to this year although i'm gonna say <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure mine are super representative of my actual music taste so yeah. please don't judge me <laughs> i don't know if mine are either okay do you um, want to start at most number of five them are, oh. yeah i'll start okay my top i'll say my top three songs are really just like workout songs okay and they're on this because like They're, like, on my workout playlist, which is what I listen to the most. But anyways, should I start? Number five? Yeah. Is... So my number five is... (laughs) Love is a Wild Thing by Casey Musgraves. not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. Which, I don't know. I don't actually listen to Casey Musgraves that much. But it was actually Luke. It was a playlist that someone made for Luke. Oh, And I was just listening to some of the songs on the playlist and I was like I really like this song it's just like such a nice <laughs> it's like one of those songs that's just like so easy to listen to it's just like so yeah. nice do you know what I mean her music is very like very mellow and it's yeah. not very like gritty or it's hard to get into yeah. I feel like um okay my number five is a song called swing swing by the band A-OK I honestly don't know anything about this band so <laughs> don't ask me um I earlier this year I was doing this thing where I like make just made playlists like I just listened to like a bunch of songs from a bunch of different places and just kind of go on this like rabbit hole of listening to songs and then any songs that I liked I would just put in like a playlist so this was one of them um I don't know if it's like the best song I listened to this year but it's fine I guess um what's your number four so my number four is Fuck It, I Love You by Lana Del Rey. So I was never really a big Lana Del Rey fan, but I listened to her new album, which yeah. I liked. I think I thought it was good, but yeah. that was a song on on it that I guess I just really liked. And I, I don't know, there was just like a couple weeks where I listened to it a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. I really liked her new album too. Um, and I think none of them are in my like top... I think I listened to a lot, her a lot last year, like at the end of the year. So her music isn't like super high on my playlist for this year. Um, Okay, my fourth song is the song Side Effects by Carly Hansen. Again, exact same situation. Don't know who this person is, but I really like the song. Um, I played a lot and it was also on like this playlist of just random music that I was listening to. So can't really, I don't know that much about her. (laughs) Okay. So my number three is very much just a workout song, but it's Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa. Wait, that's my number three. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Wow, we're so insane. And you also said this to me before, so I should know this. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, um, very proud of myself when I, I don't was this like a TikTok song? Yeah. Is that why I knew mm-hmm. it? 
Okay, I was very proud of myself when I start listening started listening to it because I was like, wow, this is like such a popular song, and I'm I feel like I just like don't know any of the songs that are popular right now. So I was mm-hmm. like very proud of myself for like knowing this song. Yeah, but it's a like a really great song to like do cardio to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so, yeah. well, I really like Dua Lipa's new album. Um, I haven't listened. Is this on her new album? Yeah, so it's like the lead single from her new album. Um, so before her whole album dropped. I was listening to this and um, another song a lot. Um, so, yeah, that's why it's number three for me. Okay, what's okay. your number two? My number two is Amigos con Derechos. <laughs> that's such by... a random song. <laughs> Rake, I guess, is that how you say it? It's like R-E-I-K, I guess. They're like a band, yeah. like a Spanish band. Mm-hmm. Um but this song, I think it might have been my, like, number one from last year. Yeah. Um, I went to Panama last summer, and I heard this song in Panama, and I really liked it. And it kind they kind of reminded me of, like, a, um, like, of One Direction, <laughs> um, this band. <laughs> and it kind of sounded like a One Direction song to me. Um, I don't know why. I just, and I guess when I listen to it, it just, like, kind of reminds me of Panama, so I like that. Um. But mm-hmm. now I added it to my workout playlist, so that might be why I've listened oh, yeah. to it so much this year. Yeah. Um, okay, my number two is the song Physical, by also by Dua Lipa. Um, I think this was her second single from her album. Um, and it's also really good. I like it more than Don't Start Now. Um, but even those two songs are not my favorite from the album. But I think it was just because they've been out longer than the rest of them, so that's why they're so high. But yeah, it's a really good song. Oh, and we're at number one. <laughs> My number one's really embarrassing, but it's okay. <laughs> I want to hear. My number one is... <laughs> I don't know if I can get through this. Okay. My number one is There's Nothing Holding Me Back by Shawn Mendes. Yeah, kind of a throwback. <laughs> I feel like I discovered this song like a couple years after it came out. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and I don't know why, but I really like it. And I mean, it's on here because it's like a workout song too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good for like mountain climbers and burpees. Yeah, pro tip. Because um, <laughs> I don't know, it has like a really like quick and like steady beat. Mm-hmm. Um, the BPM yeah, I don't really have a lot to say. I'm not even like a big Sean Mendes fan like these songs are just not my music taste at all <laughs> yeah and also not at all related to Fiona Apple <laughs> like do not no not at all connection. like I, I would say my actual music taste is more along the lines of like Fiona Apple and that sort of music but yeah I guess this is what I've been listening to this year um my number one is the song Maniac by Conan Gray um, I don't know exactly why this is my number one. Like, I like the song, and I definitely listen to it a bunch. Um, I heard it on TikTok first, and then I started playing it just from, like, regular and listening to it. Um, and he also just released a new album recently. Um, and it, I didn't, I don't, like, lo- didn't love his album. Like, I thought it was okay, but most of the songs aren't songs that I would go back to. But shout out to the song Wish You Were Sober. Which is number thirteen on my um, my replay. Taylor playlist. Swift is that the one Taylor Swift? Yeah, likes? that's the one that Taylor Swift liked, and I liked it before she shouted it out. So I think independently of Taylor Swift, despite what <laughs> some people might think. Okay. Okay, so that's our well personal those music are, taste. Yeah, we'll update you later in the year. Yeah, they'll probably have changed, but um, before we get into the album though i feel like we should definitely touch on the uh one world together at home concert like telethon kind of um tv event that happened i guess last night if we're recording this on sunday um mm-hmm. i don't know what were you what did you think it was like organized by lady gaga there were a whole bunch of performers um, all performing from their houses, obviously. Um, what did you think of it? Um, well, to be honest, I didn't really pay attention to most of it. It was, like, on in my house. For some of the time, it was muted. Some of the time, the volume was, like, really low. 
Um, so, I mean, it was fine. I don't yeah. know. I, I really have, like, zero thoughts. It was just, like, fine. I, th- I was, like, a little underwhelmed, I feel like. Like, I think that the... Yeah. I think it's just hard to, like, create, like, such an engaging show from, like, your house. And, and I would have... Yeah. I would have preferred them to just play, like, I don't know, like, their... I mean, some of them played their own songs. Some of them played covers. I feel like the ones who played covers did, like, really, really over-covered songs that I guess yeah. were supposed to be, like, inspirational. Um, I would have preferred them to just, like, play their own song, like, one that's, like, good or, like, more upbeat. I don't know. Yeah, it like, was very, fun. like, sentimental, kind of, and, like, supposed to be inspiring, I think. And I think also something that there was, like, a, since... I mean, it was, like, a two-hour event. That was, like, the main tele... Um, the main, like, broadcast. And they had a ton of artists. So, basically, each artist just played, like, one song or, like, duetted one song. Which I think was fine. But, like, some of the choices, like, I'm like if we're going to hear one song from this artist, I feel like I would want it to be a different song. Like, if they're going to play, mm-hmm. like, a three-song set, then, like, if this is one of the songs that they played, like, that's fine. But... I don't know, it was just sometimes they made mm-hmm. weird choices. And also, yeah. like, the audio quality wasn't great because, like, a lot of them were recording at, like, their phones or, oh. you know, so it's just, like... I didn't notice that, but... I don't know. Uh, yeah. And I just think Eddie it's hard Vedder for... was on it. Yeah. I think it's just hard to, like, create an engaging show from your house. And I think, like, late-night yeah. hosts are dealing with the same issue. It's just, like, there's not, like, the same energy of, like, a live performance. Was Little Mix on it? I don't Did I miss them? Because so. they posted that they were going to be on it, but then I never saw them. Well, it was like a eight-hour thing, I think. Like, there were six hours of broadcast before it, but this was, like, what? the main part. That was just, what? like, streamed on, like, YouTube Live. Oh, so those and, were like, just, like, the big names. That yeah. Was like, anyone that was, like, B or C list was, like, in the six okay. hours before the main portion. And then... Because that's what I was, kind of, I was like, looking forward to see, like, Eddie Vedder... Um, Camila Cabello and Shawn Mendes, which I didn't actually watch during it, but I went back and watched it later. Yeah, and I Taylor Swift good. and Little Mix. Yeah. Um, but uh, Camila and Cabello, Camila Cabello and Shawn Mendes was like, eh, I don't know. I thought but, it was fine. I mean, that song is like very overdone, but I kind of like um, I kind of like his hair. Yeah, he needs like a he needs a haircut, but I kind of like it. And there was pictures um, recently of the two of them walking down the street, and they like are, they're always so... wearing, wearing such weird outfits. Well, they like look like like they looked like kind of like regular people, but even like more dressed down, which is like you don't usually see celebrities like so not camera ready for like. But like they're just walking, <laughs> and it was like they were not. <laughs> did looking you see the, the ones with his headband? Yeah, I did not like that. <laughs> Um, but I noticed that Camila Cabello looks so much like Victoria F. Oh, from The Bachelor. From The Bachelor. Do you see that? Victoria F. Um, not really. (laughs) I do think Victoria F. Oh, Victoria F. Oh. Not Victoria P. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, maybe. I would have to, like, think about it. Look at a picture. Or I'd have to, like, Um, go back and look at it. Yeah. Anyways, should we move on to Fiona Apple now? Yes. So, there's a lot we could talk about. There's a lot, yeah. Um, I think we should talk about first talk about like our own stories with Fiona Apple. Yeah, and it's also it's similar. Our stories are somewhat similar. I feel like. Yeah. Um. Do you want to go first? Okay. Oh, I didn't even think about this. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember like where I was introduced to her or how I started listening to her music. I think when I was in middle school, I mean, I still, this is still, like, a lot of the music that I like, but when I was in middle school, I liked a lot of 90s music, 90s alternative music, and, like, 90s singer-songwriters. I think Fiona Apple is just, like, in that category, so Mm -hmm. I think I must have just, or maybe my parents said something about her. So I started listening to, like, I think I listened to, like, the Apple Music Essentials playlist, so yeah. I liked, like, Criminal, of course, and some of, like, her more popular songs, Yeah, and I feel like I always just, like, liked her music. I never 
new I can't say that I'm like a huge fan and I know all of her music because really I mostly know what's on her Apple Music Essentials playlist and then Apple Music I think Next Steps playlist that's Mm -hmm. mostly what I know I feel like I just have like phases every now and then when I really like listening to her music so So I'm trying to exactly remember I think well so we both take we or we both took music lessons from the same um like teacher and she really wanted me to play the song or she was having like all of her students play the song paper bag um which is i think on her second album um and so i actually like strangely remember the night i listened to her first or to that song like for the first time and then i also i feel like you or something or somebody recommended like to listen to criminal also I think it was me because I remember we were in this like 90s band. Yeah. And I recommended that we play Criminal. We didn't oh, play yeah, it, yeah. but that was like one of my recommendations. Yeah. So I remember like actually sitting at my desk. It's like my room's different than it was then. But I remember like sitting at my desk and listening to like that and Criminal like in the same sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, like so paper bag and Criminal. And. I really like both of them. Um, and and then I guess I, I don't know exactly. I must have, like... Oh, actually, I do remember. So then I, like, went on a kick up for Fiona Apple, and I was listening to a lot of her music on YouTube, which I didn't do for very many artists. This was, like, before I had Apple Music. <laughs> and I would, like... Like, if I was, like, doing, like, schoolwork or something, I would have it on youtube and they would just like autoplay to the next song oh yeah and so i did that for her music while i was like doing other things and so then i kind of just learned the songs naturally but i wasn't necessarily like paying super close attention and then i actually bought three of her albums oh really which was not which i hadn't like done for very much music like and that was like before i had streaming so it was I actually own three of her albums um, wow. on iTunes, and then I listen to them kind of more in depth. Um, so I feel like I know like a good amount from her first three albums, not all of them, but definitely a good portion of it. And then I sort of like stopped listening to her music, and then have definitely like as you said, like rediscovered it and like re-listened to, especially like certain songs over the years mm-hmm. um but yeah i feel like i've oh i've really liked her music especially like the piano in it like i feel like she has super interesting piano sequences and like since mm-hmm. I, well which, which is not as much on this latest what was this her new album called fetch the bolt cutters yeah I think, there was much less piano on fetch the bolt cutters yeah um but I think, like, as no. someone who's played piano, like, it's, like, ni- nice to, like, hear songs, like, with a heavy piano component. And she's, like, a classically trained um, pianist, so. Um, should we go into her early life or her early career before this album to give some context? Uh-huh. Yes. Um, so this is basically all from her, her Wikipedia page, but... Um, so she was born in New York City and she grew up in New York City. Um, and I mean, I think something that she's kind of well known for as like a very formative experience, um, in her life is that she was raped when she was 12, um, in her, um, outside her apartment in Harlem. Um, and so I think there's like a pretty clear, like, connection to that very traumatic experience and a lot of her music um mm-hmm. yeah and i know she said that that caused her to have anorexia which was something that definitely yeah. came up a lot in her career mm-hmm. um especially like in the context of all the controversy around the criminal music video yeah um and then so i mean she kind of was also someone who was very like into playing piano and writing music um and so she sort of got connected with a um like a producer or a producer um and eventually 
got a record deal for her first debut album title. When she was very young. Yeah. And I read that she wrote most of the songs on the album by the time she was 16, and mm-hmm. it came out when she was, like, 18 or something. Yeah. Which is really crazy. Yeah, so I feel like she was kind of, like, a sort of, like, a prodigy, like, very talented and very young and definitely very personal, and she's she, like, wrote a lot about her experiences on the album, on her first album, um, and it did really well. Um, it's certified three times platinum and then obviously criminal is the big hit from the album. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ca- kind of coming from that, she rec- there was definitely a lot of criticism of her and it sort of started like a cycle of like criticism, um, and controversy surrounding her, um, at the MTV awards in 1997 um i think actually maybe that was how i first started listening to her music i i think i might have been reading an article about like the like most controversial like um award acceptance speeches and then i i think that maybe was how i found her Mm -hmm. and i read about her through that yeah i mean it's super interesting to like i just watched her video again it was i didn't watch it but i i like read the transcript of it i i feel Uh like it's just super like interesting and like ironic kind of in a way to like look back at that um i mean so in her acceptance speech um i think she won best new artist at the mtv music awards and she says this world is bullshit and you shouldn't model your life Um, or wait a second, you shouldn't model your life about what you think we think is cool and what we're wearing and what we're saying and everything go with yourself, which honestly is not that controversial to say. I know when I just rewatched that, I was like, I feel like people say that kind of thing all the time. Yeah. I know some people were saying she was being ungrateful. She was being selfish. She was being bratty, which I, I just, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I feel like if something like that happened now, it would not have been like such a big lightning rod for controversy yeah it'd be like trending on twitter for like a couple hours and then no one would care yeah like um but definitely that kind of started the pattern of her being thought of as this kind of like crazy unstable um musician and um there was like a series of articles released that sort of built upon that um and she released her second album. Um, I don't know. I feel like kind of a lot of the coverage of her sort of propagated that idea that she was this, like, kind of unstable person. Like, I feel like almost like a Britney Spears type, like, performer. In a way. But she was also known very differently than Britney Spears and that she didn't conform to like the standards of the music industry mm-hmm. which is part of why she went away for a while like she had various gaps in, in her, her career yeah. and also why she was never like as popular or played on the radio radio in the same way that Britney Spears was I think that title was probably like her most yeah popular like conventional yeah, I think it was, like, her most commercially successful way. album. Yeah. Um, and then in 2000, um, she kind of had, like, uh, it's been referred to in many, like, articles as, like, a meltdown um, when she was performing in New York City for, like, a 3,000-person um, audience. Um, and I feel like oh, that... I, 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 I think, that. like, she references it, and a lot of articles reference it as, like, kind of the point when she was, like, officially considered, like, unstable and, like, that narrative was officially, like, cast upon her. Um, And then, like, after that, she kind of moved to L.A. and sort of that kind of began the period of her life where she was in hiding, sort of, and producing music out of the spotlight as much. Mm -hmm. But even all of her albums... um that have come after title some of them that didn't necessarily have a lot of commercial success it seems like they were very 
um, well received by critics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like every single album. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she's really had a single album that's been like considered bad by critics. Yeah. Um, but like while she was in hiatus and like sort of separated from the music industry, she created um, her third album, Extraordinary Machine. Um, and I think, it, again, it was like very, very commercially or not very um, critically acclaimed. Um, but she still sort of didn't really step fully back into the spotlight, I feel like. And she hasn't really ever stepped fully back into the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2012, she released her fourth album. So like almost 10 years later. Um, and the, the Idler Wheel. There's like a long title, but that's the It's like a really long title. All of her titles are really long. <laughs> Which also I feel like that some people were saying like that is kind of fit that like sort of fit the narrative that she was like unstable and like looking for attention. Like her first or her second album was like, I think it's like 89 word um, title, which at, when it was released had the Guinness. Oh, I thought it was just called when the pawn hits, but yeah, it's like, no, it's like an the 80. whole, it's like a whole album poem. is like the words. Yeah. Um, and sh- it was like at the time it was released, it was a, like it won a Guinness Book of World Records um, for longest album for title? longest album album title. That's it's funny. been since it's since been dethroned, um, yeah. but like people kind of thought of it as like a grab for attention that she would make such like an obnoxiously long album title. Um, but then if you like go back, it's like actually a poem that you can understand, and it's not just like a bunch of jumble of words. Like it's actually yeah. is significant if you like take the time to look at it. I, I, I feel like I don't think that as the as like a call for attention more of like a act of rebellion. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's a little bit extreme, but it doesn't seem like a album with like a however eighty word or ninety word, what was yeah. it? It was like eighty nine. Um title is like very easily marketable. Yeah, I mean Yeah. I, I mean I think it's she's it's like a pattern of her kind of like not really caring what other people think and like making music for herself and like just doing what she feels like like best represents her music um and then i guess that kind of again she was like in hiding not really hiding but she was like very removed from the public eye um and that sort of brings us to now which is yeah uh 2020 and she um released fetch the bolt cutters which is her fifth studio album. That um, really does not roll off the tongue. Fetch the bolt cutters. Yeah. It's hard to say. I don't love that that name. But I like the name. I don't know if it's like I mean, I think it's I feel like it it kind of like captures the album. Yeah, I think it does. Pretty well. And I mean, obviously we skipped a lot of like she's released like singles or um, like and, done a lot of like featuring on albums like mm-hmm. over the course of her career that we skipped, but she did some collabs with Johnny Cash, right? Mm-hmm. And she like um, released a song for the wash the Women's March. Um, oh, and she released some like anti-Trump songs, like yeah, there's the a one song called Tiny Hands. She's, apparently, Tiny Hands, and then there's like a Christmas parody where she was like Trump's balls roasting on an open fire or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think she's afraid to get political. And yeah. you can tell that in her newest album. Um, so I feel like we should just get into it. Um, what can we you... talk about the cover first? Oh, yeah. Wait, let me pull I really the like the so cover. So I can look at it. Um, wait, let me look it up. Um, I think she... I think it was made... I read that it was made, like, very quickly... Because she pushed up the release of her album. So, there's that. <laughs> um, I, since this album was all recorded and produced in her house, she used her phone and GarageBand which I think for a lot of it. Really so, cool. I feel like this album cover really like captures the like DIY mm-hmm. aspect of her album. 
and it's I just like, that like her dog so gets a feature on the album cover yeah her dog her and dog i also really like the face she's making <laughs> i feel like if i want to look weird at a picture that's the exact face that i make <laughs> <laughs> i really like it yeah um and but I it also she... just oh god it just like seems like something that you would like throw together on like photoshop or something if you didn't really like know what you were doing mm-hmm. yeah but i, I kind of like that it kind of like, looks like she took all the elements and then scanned it as just like one picture yeah um yeah i mean i do feel like it sort of it very much fits the album and yeah like, it really the, does like homemade sort of sound of it and just feel of it mm-hmm. um but in terms of sound like songs what did you think um, I, I didn't like it as much as some of her older stuff, I will say. Mm-hmm. But I, it makes sense to me that this is, like, the product of her having a lot more creative control out of her album. Yeah, I mean... Of her album. This was, like, the first album that she's said that she's had complete, like, final say over the finished product of it. Um... Which I think is partially because she was at home and like had like no mm-hmm. one, no one like telling her exactly what to do. Um, so you definitely get like a much the most like authentic version of herself. Yeah, through the album. I haven't. I still haven't totally like decided what I think of it. It's definitely not the easiest to listen to. Yeah. I agree. It's not... And some of her older stuff is, like, jazzier. It's more melodic. Mm-hmm. It's, like, smoother. This is a little bit more punkier. Yeah. I mean, I think Wait. one... Ish, or not one issue, but, like, one thing that I kind of came to this album thinking is that, like, not all of the songs have, like, great, um, like, replay value, I guess. Like, there's... Not not every single song on this album is something that I've just, like, put on just to, like, listen to. Like, I think every song on the album has, like, a message and definitely... And is very, like, well-written, like, in terms of the lyrics. But mm-hmm. the, like, the sound is not necessarily something that's, like, the most pleasing to listen to. I think there Which are songs did... that are good but that, like, I would listen to even, like, without the words. But, like, then there are songs that are not like the most appealing to like just put on and listen to yeah which one did you like the best i was thinking about that um i feel like wait let me look at the track list i really liked both of the first two songs because they're both i think i like i want you to love me the most at this point but i also think i want you to love me is the most like her older stuff Mm -hmm. it's the one with like the most piano I think it's like the smoothest. I, yeah, I really like the piano in that song. But I um, also like the end of it where she's just making like really weird noises. I kind of liked yeah. that too. I really like. Well, I like that one. I like Shamika, mm-hmm. and I, also that song has a heavy piano in it as well. Um, and I think it's. I just like. There's like a point in the middle of the song where there's like so much going on, but I feel like it really works. Um, and I also like kind of like the narrative element to that song um i feel like there's a few songs like the title track fetch the bolt cutters i feel like there's like that song and a few other songs on the album that are like not they don't have very much like um i don't know exactly like like um pitch like they're all very like percut um percussive and like talking for a lot of it i feel like yeah and it's hard for me to like get into that where she like repeats the same Mm -hmm. words like over over again like very monotone which i feel like that's interesting in some aspects like yeah a lot of times she'll have like she'll take like two lines that like are cleverly written or some sort of like phrase that's twisted into like something else and she'll just like say it and then she'll scream it and then she'll yell it and then she'll whisper it and then she'll sing like she'll Mm -hmm. do like she'll say it in a bunch of different ways and like kind of explore like the um like kind of the different meanings it can take on which I think is interesting but then there's sometimes when it's like a little overdone I feel like Mm -hmm. and there's also some songs that kind of 
are like the same for like most of the song and then it suddenly like totally switches mm-hmm. and i feel like there are some songs where i was like i really like this part of it but i don't like yeah. that part of it so i'm like it's not my favorite song as a whole but there's like a part i really like like on for her do you remember yeah. that one yeah it like That's one of my favorites too it like repeated the same thing like over and over again and then it kind of like switched to like the good morning part Mm-hmm. And I really liked that part. Yeah, I, mean, I thought I that think, part was really powerful. I think but. some parts of it are like some parts or some songs on the album are like when it does this like transition from like one type to another type, it like works. And then for me, some of them don't work as well. And I actually feel like for that song, it does work better. Um, but some of them, I'm not as big of a fan. Um, but I think like one thing that's I mean, this song or this album got has gotten like again like a ton of critical acclaim. Um, like Pitchfork, who I feel like is pretty critical um, of albums, gave it a perfect ten, which they like have hardly ever done for albums. Um, and I was listening to one podcast who was saying that they were already thinking the song would be or this album would be a album of the year contender at the Grammys. Mm-hmm. I don't know what do you do you think that's likely? I have no idea. I know that the Grammys are a whole mess. Yeah. I, I have no like, idea yeah. if this is the sort of thing that'll get a lot of like critical success but won't actually be very popular or if this yeah. is the kind of thing people are going to be like, "Oh, I really like." You know how there's some things that aren't like very conventionally popular but then there are all these people who are like oh i really like it i mean i feel like it's almost like billy eilish kind of like it's like not like the easiest necessarily to listen billy to, eilish like, is like i feel like way easier to listen no yeah to. i definitely agree um i feel like well i feel like it's definitely premature to say it's gonna be like a strong contender for um, album of the year just because it's so like strange and there's so many like weird elements of it like it's getting all this critical six su- or yeah critical success but also like it's very like it's not directly calling out like establishments like the grammys but it's definitely like not meant to be like something the grammys would love like i feel like it's just not that's mm-hmm. like not what its purpose was like in an interview she was talking about how her moving up the album was just like she was like actually happy to move up the album to like when we're, oh, everyone's well, we in didn't quarantine talk about so that this, she didn't did have we? to like what that it was originally supposed to come out in october yeah and so and then she, she decided she, to like, release it yeah. now and i mean she talks about how she was actually happy to move it up because she didn't really want to do all these like tv appearances and like mm-hmm. a regular promotion for the album and so she like it's obviously seems like she doesn't really care about like if it charts well if it does well commercially um or even like if it if she gets any awards for it um which i mean i think tracks with her just like her personality and like her history yeah yeah to me it seems like the grammys are looking to avoid as much controversy as they yeah. can so but it's like it almost seems like it might be controversial not to pick her too because it's like such a heavily praised album. So it's yeah, it, it puts you them never in like know a what they're spot. gonna do. But um, do you have any like specific songs that we want to get into? Um, the thing is, I feel like with a lot of Fiona Fiona Apple and this album can, included. She has such a distinct style, but it all kind of blends together. The first, like, the first time I listened to this album, I wasn't paying, like, super close attention to the individual songs, so I sometimes I didn't even notice when a song changed. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm still at a point where I'm not even thinking of the songs as, like, so different from each other, but rather, like, a, yeah. a whole album. Um, I, I think, like... For me, the songs that really stand out are For Her and Shamika. Those are, like, 
and I mean, I guess heavy balloon is one that she talks a lot about in the, in like interviews. Mm -hmm. Um, but do we want to like talk about for her and like the inspiration for it? Sure. I mean, I don't really know that. I didn't read much about like the lyrics themselves. So like for her or like in the interview, she was kind of talking about how the song for her is she wrote it right after the Kavanaugh hearings oh, and it's like very much that. about that um and also i think it's well it it's partially related to that it's partially kind of a story that a friend of hers told her so it's like the for her is like it's for her friend um and then she also puts like her own personal experiences in there so it's sort of a combination of all of that um i know i thought it was very striking like she like use the word rape in her song which and she was like not afraid to do that which i feel like i mean it fits like her personality but i feel like that's definitely like a strong statement to make Mm -hmm. well the line you raped me in the same bed your daughter was born in like every single time that line just really like i don't know what the right word is but yeah it really just like captures your attention and I think it's super, in- or I think it's, like, I think it's super interesting that she kind of, like, combines the elements of a bunch of different people's stories and that she continues to write about, like, when she was raped in, um, like, back in her childhood. Um, and I know, like, in an interview she was talking about, like, in 2000, she said how her, like, personal experience um getting raped was not inspiration for any of her songs um which i feel like she's kind of shifted from like that was 20 years ago but i think that she's kind of over the past like few years definitely become more comfortable and more ready to speak out about it and she talks about how she she wasn't really originally angry at the person who raped Mm her um and only recently did she like fully realize that she's like it's valid for her to be angry at him and that like she kind of always thought oh he probably had like something traumatic in his childhood that sort of influenced his actions but then she's like but i had something traumatic in my childhood and like i'm not doing that to people Mm -hmm. which i thought was yeah Yeah, she did this whole interview with Vulture that was very personal. Mm -hmm. Um, And it definitely showed sort of that this album was kind of a culmination of all the personal growth she's experienced in the, I guess, in since she released her last album in the time that she's been in hiding, I guess. Yeah. And I feel Um, like an album like this is, like, it really needs a companion piece to kind of explain it, sort of. Yeah. Like, I thought that it was very smart. And I don't know if this was, like, her her doing on purpose, but I just think it was very helpful to have, like, that very, um, like, in-depth Vulture piece. And there was also, like, a New Yorker article that, like, goes super in-depth into... Um, like the production of this album and kind of the meaning behind all of the songs Um, and I feel like for an album that's so like strange and unconventional and often at times hard to understand it was very helpful to have like a guide to it almost Mm -hmm. Um, and this yeah like what I got from that interview was this album oh I guess was sort of the end to this whole process of her kind of trying to unlearn all these things she's learned from society and she's learned from her experience in the music industry so it makes sense that this album is so unconventional and it is so like out there yeah i feel like one comparison that i've like come back to this is like the one thing i wrote in my notes and I promise I'm not just, like, using this as an excuse to talk about Taylor Swift and Harry Styles. <laughs> but I'll talk about how each of them, I feel like, like, how this kind of made me think of each of them. So I feel like something that has drawn her fans to her music, and because I do think she has a very dedicated fan base, 
And mm-hmm. even if her albums weren't like the most commercially successful, they're very well loved by like a core group of fans. Um, and I think that's kind of in the same sense that like Taylor Swift has a very um, like strong fan base. Obviously, they're very different artists, have gone through very different things. Um, Taylor Swift has had like a lot more commercial success and has definitely been like like definitely has received a lot more radio play and so there's like a whole bunch of reasons for that but I do think the same like sense that like Taylor Swift is known for like writing about her own experiences and writing like relatively personal things even though even as she's kind of backed away from that in recent years I feel like that sense that like Fiona writes Fiona Apple is writing her about her own personal experiences and not afraid to like share very personal parts of herself both in the album and in the articles that have been released in companion with this album. I feel like that kind of mir- like those both show like the value of writing from personal experience, writing your own music and like how that kind of attracts a like core fan base i guess i mean very different experiences (laughs) yeah i mean all the articles that i was reading were talking about how fiona apple has such like a cult like following Mm -hmm. whereas taylor swift she has a very loyal fan base but i think it more came out of her like mainstream success and the fact that she's like a household name and that and sort of that everyone loved her and then a lot of people started mm-hmm. criticizing her and then these are like the people that stuck I guess okay I guess it's like kind of similar to Fiona Apple yeah um oh and I also <laughs> think the media attention that like again very different but like I think Fiona Apple I think, well, Fiona Apple definitely kind of had a downturn a lot faster than Taylor Swift did, like, in terms of relationships with, like, the media. But both of them sort of went through a phase where they, the media kind of twisted their narratives a little bit. Um, But I think that for both of them, like, there are some parallels, but it really just is, like, a common experience for young women in the music industry. yeah. Um, okay, that was my first comparison. The second comparison is Harry Styles. <laughs> so, more so talking about his most recent album, Fine Line. Um, so, I feel like... Well, so, Harry Styles, like, he started his solo music career. He released... Um, what's his first album called? Oh, it's just, um, so, like... It's also called Harry Styles. Um, and so, that was whatever. But I feel like on his more recent album his second like individual album it was definitely a lot more and it's also like out there not the most conventional songs it was like a pop album but very unconventional pop not typical sounds that you'll hear you'd hear on like the radio and there are some more like radio friendly songs on there but like a lot of them are a little strange um and like he kind of separated himself and like was on psychedelic drugs for some of the songs that he wrote um and like that he kind of had this like very a lot more personal production process and I feel like in the same way that Harry like when I first listened to his second album it was like a little strange for me to like hear all these songs and like I didn't really love them at first but then I kind of grew to like them a lot more and I part of what I liked about them was that they were very like him and like part of what I like about him as an artist is that he feels very authentic for someone who's like so popular and so like like again in who is in one direction yeah like someone who's coming from like a boy band which feels like the opposite of authenticity like he actually does feel very authentic in the same way that I think Fiona Apple feels very authentic and so even though his album is very unconventional and maybe not the most like again like easy to listen to like his authenticity kind of helps make up for that and I think in the same way that like Fiona Apple's authenticity in some ways makes up for the fact that this album is not always the easiest to listen to not like songs that you might always want to play just because they don't sound like the most polished but 
her authenticity really shines through and like makes up for that in some ways yes i mean comparatively um harry styles what was harry styles new album called fine fine line line. yeah it's compared to fetch the bolt cutters Fine line was like very conventional. And no, very yeah. Easy to listen. I mean, all of um, this is in like. It was a. In I feel like fine line was like a little bit experimental. I don't. I don't see it as being like that weird. Yeah, I. I um, my whole outlook on like music in general after listening to this album has like completely shifted. Like just like what is considered experimental has like. There's a lot higher of a standard at this point. Yeah. But. Um. But I think it was, like, more experimental than his first album. Oh, for sure. And so, like, and I think it's, that's what I'm getting at, It's guess. a common thing for, like, to release your first albums that are, you know, you're just trying to get yourself out there. I mean, mm-hmm. Harry Styles was, was already out there, but he was trying to yeah. establish his career as a solo artist. And then, since that was super popular, he could, you know, and I think a Harry little bit Styles more freedom with this one. has, yeah, talked about how, like, his first album, he very much wanted to make sure it was something that could at Sell. least set him up for, he like, a successful career. Yeah. And, I mean, it was also unconventional. Like, his lead single was, like, six minutes long, which is definitely not, like, the most radio-friendly. his radio first friendly. album? What was his Sign of the Times? Yeah, like, that's a super is that six long minutes? song. So, like, his first album was already not, like, the most conventional, I guess. But he definitely said that for his second album, he wanted to ma- he tried to make it a lot more authentic to himself and i think that helped and then like it makes me respect him more as an artist especially for someone (laughs) coming out of like one direction like (laughs) respect as an artist like i feel like i wouldn't necessarily have the most respect for someone coming out of like such a huge like boy band sensation but i do respect him as an artist i think because of his authenticity So that was my tangent. <laughs> oh, the one thing that we didn't talk about about Fiona Apple's um, new album is all of the, like the sounds. Oh yeah, she she would just like turn on her phone and not exactly have a plan of what she was going to record, but just record. So there was barking dogs and mm-hmm. just a bunch of like weird sounds that she just recorded. And kept in the album, and so, I actually think that was that, kind of cool. I and like I actually, it. I I like the barking dog also because, I mean, I think it. I don't know if this was on purpose, but I feel like it may have had some sort of inspiration. Is that like something she remembers from when she was raped? Is like the sound of her dog in her apartment barking. Like that was. It's like something she very vividly oh. remembers, and so I, I think that. it's like this album, which she explores that like her like the trauma of that more than any other album that she's released i think it's like interesting and i don't know if it was on purpose but like i like the fact that she was like had put that element in it and also her dog is featured on the album cover which i like um i don't know is there anything else you want to discuss i feel like i just thought of something and then Oh, I know what it was. Did you know that, um, oh, what's her name? The one actress is featured on the Cara Delevingne? Yeah. Is her name Cara? Cara? I think it's Cara. Cara. Yeah, I read about that in the interview. In Catch the Bolt Cutters. Yeah, so apparently they're friends. Or they're like, they've been like texting friends. Yeah. And so (laughs) she like invited her over to sing on that track which yeah. is interesting it is interesting and like she originally sang it in an american accent and then fiona apple didn't like that so she sang it in a british accent i would barely even notice that though i only noticed it because i read it in the article i was actually listening to that song as i read it read that yeah. part in the article so i like i like noticed it once but i couldn't always tell like which one it was yeah. And also, I think her sister is featured on this album. Oh. Um, which, one thing that I also really liked about the album is that it talks a lot about, like, her female friendships. And she talks a lot about this in interviews. Um, or, like, her female friendships and, like, the way that 
society pits women against each other and like the way that she's like kind of bonded with other women who have had similar um experiences as her like similar traumatic experiences as her um and i thought she does that across the whole album in like a very nuanced way and it's also something that you don't usually hear in music and she talks about how her concept of like female friendships was like formed in middle school um Mm -hmm. but that's something that's like recently changed and changed in her life but for so long she was tour like on tour buses with all men yeah so that definitely changed her perception of other women but and like in interviews she talks about how like she much rather she's she would much rather be interviewed by a woman than a man and like Mm -hmm. And this one Vulture interview that we keep talking about is, like, a very personal interview. And you can tell that she sort of formed a relationship with this interviewer first in order for her to feel comfortable to Mm -hmm. share all this. Because she does seem like someone who is scared, even though there's a certain part of her that doesn't care what people think of her and is sort of willing to just do what she wants to do but she's definitely feels like very vulnerable and very apprehensive to put herself out there and write so personally mm-hmm. and and also in this album in the new yorker article that came out recently the same sort of situation happened where she like it was like a series of interviews with this mm-hmm. um reporter and like they kind of built a relationship that allowed her to open up and like share more deeply about like her about her personal experiences and i think she's now feels a lot more um autonomy over her like the way the media writes about her Mm -hmm. um especially since she doesn't have to now go on all a whole like promotion yeah cycle and she says she's think she wants to go on tour which i'm in like at the very end of the um, the Vulture article. She talks oh. about how she does want to go on tour. Obviously, once all the um, like well, she, yeah, she was talking about how it's going to be so crazy because everyone is going to be wanting to go on tour. Yeah, so like theaters are going to be very booked. yeah. Um, yeah, I would go to see her. I think that would be fun. It seems like we'll get a tour from her at some point in the future. Who knows yeah. when that will be logistically possible? But yeah. that would. Um, and I feel like it would be super interesting to see, like, how she's evolved. I mean, I she hasn't been on tour in, like, eight years since her last oh. album. Um, yeah. And even that tour, I think she cut it short because her dog was, like, sick or something. So I feel like it's... I just really like to see, like, artists, like, in their element and, like, how... Do, being happy like to do whatever they want and like not really care like i feel like i said this earlier but i feel like she makes music for herself and not for other people or at least now she does i feel like Mm -hmm. even if i don't love the music like it's it's nice to see artists like do something do things for themselves and like see someone who's gone come so far from like her debut album and like her media coverage then to like kind of the place she is now yeah um well i feel like we should probably wrap this up because we've Mm -hmm. we've gone yeah a little bit i Um, have one unrelated to fiona apple story okay of pop culture news it's a little sad not not like the most sad but katie or kitty purry died who's that who is Katy Perry's cat. Oh. Um, but I think she... I actually... Like, this is, like, a cat that I had known about before I even, like, really knew about Katy Perry that much. Um, I think she's in, like, the Roar music video. She's kind of, like, a famous... Oh, that was a while ago. Yeah, a famous cat that was on my radar. So, some more famous than most cats, but... Katy Perry said that her ninth life ended, I think, like, a few days ago, so. Her ninth life ended? Yeah. Because okay. cats have nine lives, you know. Um, oh, well. 
So just like a random bit of information that is super important for everyone to know. (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, this episode was like a little bit... I don't know the words. A little bit all over the place. But I all think over the place. ultimately it was better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, we will be back to reg- regularly scheduled content on Wednesday with the fourth episode of Riverdale. I feel like we're like an established podcast now. This is our sixth yeah. episode. We're... Six episodes? Oh, this is our sixth episode. Wow. Yeah. So we're really... Uh... We're really doing this. <laughs> um, and also our, our episode isn't super long. It's not like way too long. Um, this episode? Yeah, it's only like Yeah, it really So has. we're doing good. Um, <laughs> but everyone should follow us on social media. Um, our Instagram and Twitter is kind of lacking the support. So <laughs> give us a follow. It's Pops, <laughs> Pop Culture on both platforms and then send us an email i don't are we checking your email i don't even know are i get notifications oh okay good so, um yeah. it's pops and pop culture at gmail.com send us something entertaining to keep us going in these hard times of social distancing and coronavirus um and subscribe to us leave us a review on apple Podcasts. all of that you know the drill. Um, and that's it. That's all we have. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Bye. 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 Bye.